Hello, all. Welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sailor Cooper. And this is your co-host, Tyler Evans. That's right. We're on episode 30 and we're live streaming on Facebook. Wow, we've done 30 episodes since we started. So on this episode, we're featuring a former veteran in the military uh, who was recently discharged. Well, who was discharged? I guess he'll tell us more. Uh, And after that, he was incarcerated, and of course, even though he made mistakes, he is helping others in recovery. Please welcome Sean Young. Sean, how are you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Welcome. Thank you for being on Hope Without Sight. Thank you for having me. Yes, you bet. So, uh, so uh, get us started. Obviously, you've overcome a lot of challenges in life you were recently in the military and then uh, something happened and you were incarcerated tell us more about that oh so man life is crazy life is crazy uh you know one moment you you're you're living life full of purpose uh doing things that um that you're trying to do pretty much your whole life and then um next come purposeless and you have uh no guide no path in life and and that's where i was in my life uh, i got medically retired uh from the army in 2019 for traumatic brain injury so it's just a, a lot of concussions just a bunch of concussions compounded over time and i got out and i uh you know i i fell into active addiction i, I started drinking a lot and and testing out with uh, some different drugs and uh life became unmanageable really quick, uh, really, really fast. And I got to a point in my active addiction that uh, I was drinking every day, I would go to work. And um, I would come back home. And on the way home, I'd pick up a bottle and, and drink it and uh, do it all over again, next day. And life, life was just rough, you know? And, oh, wow. Uh, life was, so, go ahead. Um, Hello? I I couldn't hear you. What was that? Oh, no, I thought somebody was going to jump in. Yeah. Um, What started your addiction? Like, what started you to just drink and stuff? Was it a life-altering decision? Um, Retirement? Well, no. So so I kind of have always been an alcoholic since the age of uh, 18, um, when I first joined the Army. Okay. And 
Um, I come from a, a history of, of addicts and alcoholics. I see. Uh, so my dad and my mom were both at a, alcoholics and addicts and before them, their parents, before them, their parents. So I come from a lineage of generational trauma of addiction. And, yeah. and so I kind of picked up the, the, the habit along the way and thought I could control it and uh, thought that, you know, I had it, I had it under, under, uh, under my thumb. And in reality, it, it had me under nasty grips. And I, I, I could see myself falling into old habits all the time. And, um, you know, I, I tested that with some, some harder drugs and, and the alcoholic mindset in me said, oh, I don't want to do those because I don't want to get addicted to them. But I was already an alcoholic. And I just couldn't see the signs. Yeah. 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 And the fact that I had, I had gotten medically separated from the army and I thought I could control it. And I thought this was the way of life was kind of like ushered in a lot of, of the more heavier drinking that I did after I got out of the army. And by December that year, um, I ended up in jail. Um, I got drunk one night and, uh, I laid hands on, on a roommate and, uh, police called on me, got charged with, and, um, got charged with what? Assault. Uh Oh, so yeah. you lay hands on a room. So you became like violent because of yep. alcohol. Uh, alcohol was, 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 was definitely one of the, one of the reasons why I got violent. I, I also suffer from real bad anger. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. yeah as as a form of of my ptsd uh and 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 the traumatic brain injury um it was harder to regulate those emotions and really understand why i was angry all the time and so i get i got violent and i ended up in jail um i said oh, wow. i sat in jail for 20 days wow. and and while i was in jail i kind of blamed everybody for my problems you know i, I said you know if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be an alcoholic. If it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be an alcoholic. You know, my roommate could have stopped me drinking, but in reality, nobody could have. Um, I, I, I had to save myself. And there was an old right. man. In, there was an old man in jail that sat there, and he looked at me and he said, "Viking," because they call me Viking in jail, because mm. I got a big beard, a big crazy beard, and he said, uh, "Viking." Uh, you created all the problems in your life when you realize that. And when you accept that, that's the only moment that is the moment that you're going to be free from all of this. And, and at first I was like, man, screw him. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know who he thinks he's talking to, but I really sat and I, I took what he said and I, I listened to it and I held it to heart. And that day was the day that I felt, like the deliverance from addiction, the deli- the deliverance from the the anger that I had been suffering from practically my whole life, my PTSD, all that stuff. And that was the day that I was released from jail. That was the day my bond got posted. Literally, all I had to do was accept that I had done all these things to my adult life. And so when I got out of jail, uh, I entered into what is called a therapeutic court. So it's 
almost like a drug court um, where you have an offense that is drug related, alcohol related. Uh, but in in um, Alaska, there's a veterans program. Is it court ordered, basically a court ordered program? Yes, yes, it's a court ordered program. Um, and so this one was specifically designated for veterans. <laughs> and um, I had to go to work to, to court every week. Um, I had urinalysis every week, but I also was in counseling every week. I did um, multiple recovery meetings a week, so either ARAA, um, and I was also in um, relapse prevention, so I was learning about my relapse cycles and learning about the mental, emotional, and physical signs of relapse, as well as um, learning about who I was as an individual uh, through this this course called moral reconnation therapy. And what that is is reconnation is is reconnecting, so bringing a reconnection back to who you are. And that course really saved my life. Um, it made me look at all the bad things that I have done in my life and take accountability for them. And um, all the bad decisions I've made in my life, take accountability for them, own them, and then move forward. And it helped reintegrate like the the decision-making process in my own in my brain, looking at some of the things in life that I thought were bad but were really good for me. And, and just changing the way that I think. And it, that course really saved my life. Um, so that was a nine-month program. And I stayed in the program for nine months, graduated in October 2020 during the pandemic. Our favorite year. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, you know, the pandemic did a lot of good for people and a lot of bad for people, but it it worked wonders for me. And um, I was able to focus on myself and not focus on anything else around me. I was able to remove myself because I mean, you know, we we're on lockdown. So right. I was able, I was able to separate myself and, and sit down with myself and really dig into who I was as an individual and as a human being and what I wanted to give back to the world um, that I had taken you know, I had taken so much from, from this world. Um, wow. I had taken more than I was capable of giving back. And so when I graduated out of my program, I said, I want to give back. I don't know how I'm going to give back, but I want to. And I felt like I was just drifting and like, like floating. And somebody pulled me in and said, hey, you know, take this course. This course will help you. And it's a peer support. And I didn't know what peer support was at all. And so I just kind of took a step of faith. And and I was like, okay, I'm just going to see what this is all about. And I, I, I took this course and it, and it ushered me into peer support. So what peer support is, is it is um, people who have been in recovery or uh, parents or family members or friends of people in recovery uh, with lived experience, using their experience as a guiding tool to help others in their path on recovery. And um, I had to share my story in, in that class. And when I sat down and I looked at my whole story, I was, I was embarrassed flat out embarrassed of who I was 
Oh wow! I don't blame you. A lot I, of people have that regret. Yeah, I was. Oh yeah, I was embarrassed. Yep. I I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, "You are a terrible human being." And I said, "I've said that to myself my whole life, pretty much." And um, so it came time to share a story, and my my uh, instructor said, "Okay, you know who wants to go first? And I was like, "I'll do it." And I raised my hand. And I shared my story for an hour. And that was the first time I had ever shared my story. And I shared it in detail. And at the end of it, I felt this just really, I felt like weightless, right? I felt like all the weight had been lifted off my shoulder. I felt like somebody had handed me this key to a door I never knew existed. And all I had to do was walk through it. And I did. And since then i've i've gotten back into i'm not a participant in veterans court but i help participants that are in veterans court um i i do two meetings a week with with um with them uh i also um am very active on social media i help um people on social media that are suffering from you know life events or traumatic events or addiction i help them get the get the services that they need, whether it's uh, people that are homeless, you know, finding um, shelters, homeless shelters, um, whether it's the addict or the alcoholic, I help find their local meeting or find a recovery center for them to, to look into um, or, or whether it's just providing that friendship that we need, that human connection that we all need. That's right. It says that in your bio, there you go. I'm proud of you that you help others. Thank you. And uh, and uh, also, uh, so do you have any like resentment? Do you still have resentment what you've done? Do you still have regrets, or have you completely just forgiven yourself? I've learned to forgive myself because I couldn't move on, and I couldn't begin to to help other people if I if I didn't move on and I didn't forgive myself. And um. As far as resentments, um, I've I've worked past the resentments that I have and that I've had. I, I mean, since I've been sober and I've been clean and I've I've gotten in positions with bad resentments, but I've had to let them go because um, all they are is going to harbor my next, you know, my next um, anger fit, right? And I'm not saying like I'm going to go out and and go crazy, but like it's going to keep me in an unhealthy position mentally and emotionally and spiritually, and that's not where I need to be. I want, no. to, I want to give the best of myself to the world, to a partner, and I can't give my give the best of me to anybody if I'm not at my best. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, and you see, you know, Sean, I don't like anger. It does nothing. It only hurts people. And I understand why people are angry, but if there's no excuse. To continue to be that way you know you gotta you gotta do something about it you know if it's getting help going to going to counseling and just digging deep and talking about your issues you know do it and yeah. and you and you've done nothing but just that and i like how you say you should never blame others i mean sh- i mean the way i see it is yeah people may uh have people some people may have had a a rough upbringing, but they don't need to stay. They don't need to stay in that same pit in that same spot. They can pull themselves out 
if they show if they so choose. Yep, that's right. I I I, uh, I actually was was talking to a friend of mine today on a recording for my podcast, and um, he's he had said something, and I, and and it really stuck with me, and it's the reality that we get to these positions where we feel like we cannot get better right like mentally emotionally spiritually we cannot get better because something is always going to bother us and i can tell you right now in my life being in the army being deployed four times you know watching some of the worst and and humanity uh, happen in front of my eyes and and you know even with the PTSD, uh, all that stuff. I can tell you right now, nothing triggers me. Nothing bothers me to the point where I feel like I have to have an episode. And that's because I've worked so hard to become who I am today. I've worked through the triggers. I've worked that's through right. the trauma. Uh, and I just wish that, I, I wish that everybody could experience that, could experience what it's like to be, to have peace. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, we, cause we all need that in this world peace. And um, so I, I want to go back to the military. Did being in the army cause that trauma? And also uh, did you do certain tasks that caused the TBI as well? So um, I have just about every form of trauma that you could have with the exception of one or two. I have a lot of childhood trauma. Uh, I have a lot of service trauma, service-connected trauma, um, some sexual trauma, some other stuff, compounded traumas, uh, post-service trauma, relationship trauma. You name it. I'm a trauma, I'm a, I'm a trauma bucket. I collect trauma. <laughs> um, but... Uh, every individual trauma has something different, something more profound on the back end of it. Yeah, and and that that was really really rough to come to the realization uh, of some of those things. Like I've fought through a lot of trauma that actually happened to me very recently, as a recently as this past December. And what I'm, was I'm it? A, uh, if, you don't, if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going through a divorce, and my uh, my ex wife packed up her and the kids and left without, uh, without warning uh, without, without warning with there there was no anything and the trauma that that happened wasn't her leaving it was the manner in which she did it did um, she i mean did she did she, i mean i i don't want to blame you anything but like i i know obviously she left for a reason because you know she saw everything that you yet you have been through and everything that you were doing but did she see did she see how you made a just a 180 turnaround and improved it did did she even see that and still left or what she did she did and this was almost three years after after i have been sober right and um and, and so like oh wow I found out, I found out that it was, it had nothing to do with me. Uh -huh, uh -huh. There, there was, there was somebody else. And um, so I had to sit there and watch that, watch that unfold in front of my eyes. And, and I had, I had a lot of like trauma when it came to 
abandonment and stuff like that. And, and that's exactly what it felt like was, was being abandoned, being, being good enough to take care of somebody else's kids, but not good enough to be around. Right. And, and it was, it was rough. It it was hard. And so I worked through a lot of that. And, um, you know, from time to time, I get that feeling of, of used goods, not from anybody, but just, you know, your brain, your brain will tell you things, uh, or, or that feeling of, of not being good enough. And and so that's something that I work through and I still go to counseling. I've, I've been in counseling ever since I started my recovery journey official for me um but the 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 traumatic brain injury thing um i was i was a paratrooper in the army for 12 and a half years so i would jump out of airplanes wow um, that was, that's scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was terrified oh, wow. of, i was terrified of heights um people ask me why why would you jump out of airplane airplanes if you're terrified of heights and 150 dollars 150 dollars man <laughs> you know what i mean it's a little extra money in the bank, um, but it's an adrenaline rush too. And um, you know, I was close to some explosions. Um, a truck that I was in um, back in 2010 blew up and so I was an IED. Um, I smacked my head around a few times. Uh, yeah. So some occupational hazards there. I see, yeah. Yeah, the, the military oh. can be traumatic, but I do want to thank you for serving in our United States military and, you know, not to get political or anything here. I mean, uh, everybody each to their own, but uh, I've, I've questioned it with what everything, with, with all what has been going on, but I still believe the United States of America is still the greatest country in the world. I got to agree with you. I got to agree. Oh, with yeah, you. absolutely. I agree with you, but uh, thank you for your support. Yes, you, you're welcome. And and I mean, I don't I don't like people who hold grudges, especially if you know others can. Even though you know we're all human, we're not perfect, right? I mean, we've wronged others. If we can show, if we can show them that we can change, we shouldn't hold those grudges. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was something that I used to pride myself on. Like, how long can I go without talking to you because I'm so angry? And, <laughs> and no, no, I don't want to do that. And you see, and if if someone doesn't want to change, that's a different story. Okay. But um, you know, you want you want, and um, uh, I do want to ask. I mean, do you? Do you believe in Jesus, God? Is that is that who is that who helped save you? So my higher power is not the monotheistic version of Jesus or God. I do believe in the Bible. I do believe in something. I don't know what it is, um, but that's not necessarily what helped pull me through. Uh, what helped pull me through was looking at every time that I've tried to get sober and and looking and 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 that there was a reason I relapsed and that that reason I relapsed every single time was because I was putting my recovery on somebody else I was putting my sobriety on somebody else so if they left or we got into an argument and nothing to be sober for but this time and and it's weird how it happened too and I wish that like I could play a tape from then till now um but 
when I first got into court and the judge says, why do you think that this time it's going to work? I said, because I have to be sober for myself. If something happens to my family, I will only have myself to be sober for. Right. Right. And December, the inconceivable to me happened and I'm still sober. I'm still clean. I'm still working my program. And do you still drink today or are you alcohol free? I'm alcohol free. I haven't had a drink of alcohol since December 27th, 2019. Because uh, your problem is like, I guess, say, uh, you know, a lot of people drink just socially, casually, you know, the drink is fine, but there's those out there who just cannot stop. Are you one of those? If you do try to drink socially, you you just can't stop or what? I have tried to drink socially and it never works. And I envy, uh, okay, I don't, envy is a bad word, but in this, it's a good good word. I envy those who can go out and have one or two. Um, And I actually applaud them because I can't. Uh, I know that if I were to go out and try and drink socially, I would try, what's social to me is going out and trying to, I'll drink the bar and I was never successful. Um, But wow. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, is being in my recovery now, I can be around people who drink and I'm fine. I drink Diet Coke and I'm okay. I'll drink water and I'm okay. I don't have, the the substance is not my problem anymore. It's my brain. And I know that my brain tells me that it's okay to have one. But if I, my genetic makeup says that if I have one, I'm going to have two, I'm going to have five, I'm going to have 10 and I won't stop. And so I know for me that my best bet is just not to drink. I see. I hear. Yeah. It, it's and if you if you can avoid it, just do it because it it causes problems. Uh, and um, I have a couple of other questions. Um, one, do are you that roommate who you assaulted? Mm-hmm. Has he forgiven you? And is that charge still on your record or did you, were you able to get it completely expunged? Okay. So uh, the roommate that I assaulted uh, him and I have spoken and uh, he came to him and, That's good. and, and I, I made amends and he did. Um, and because of the program that I was working, um, my record uh, was completely expunged because I, I did my time. Thank you. Good job. Good job. You, you're a hero. That's good. You're a hero. Is any, it, it, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's good. And, and so you're helping others uh, get sober. And uh, what do your future goals include? Um, so I'm going to be going to school, going to college in the fall semester to get my master's in counseling and ba- and my bachelor's in psychology. I want to be a counselor. That's good. I, it's a- I feel good. like, I feel like there's a lot of counselors now that don't, that, that lack the ex- life experience that I have. And so I want to give back in that, in that fashion. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I actually, I live in a, in a civil war town. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with or know a lot about the American Civil War, but I. Live oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I studied live, it. 
Okay. I live just outside of Antietam. And in Virginia? So, uh, so I live in West Virginia, but uh, I I have friends and family that live in Sharpsburg, which is the town that Antietam happened in. And uh, I want to get associated with the uh, Battlefield Trust so I can start doing tours, giving tours. All right. That's great. That's great. And it's because before that, you're originally from Alaska, right? No, no. I grew up in this area, actually. Uh, Sharpsburg, I grew up here. And then I joined the Army and I went to, I got stationed uh, in Italy, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then uh, Alaska. Wow. I see. Yeah, but so you're back home. It's good. Well, I'm proud of what you've done. You're only going to continue to inspire the world. Well, um, I, other than that, I don't believe I have any more questions for you. So, I mean, uh, I, 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 well, actually, I would like to be on your podcast. Tell us what what is your podcast about? Okay, so my podcast is called Sitting with Sean. Um, I have three separate projects that I'm doing right now. One is called Recover Out Loud, and that is where I talk to people with mental health disorders or substance abuse disorders or really any kind of adversity in their life that they have had to overcome and go through some form of a recovery process. Um, second and uh, interview style that I have is is called Extraordinary, and it's where it's there's normal people living their normal everyday lives, but they're doing extraordinary stuff with it. They're doing cool stuff. Wow. Uh, a few, I've had a few authors on. I've had a professional stuntman like really cool stuff. And then my last one's called Late Night Live with Sean. And it's more like a Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon kind of show where uh, we just have fun. We, we we talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about and during the daytime. So it's fun. Good That's stuff. great. And so you're, you're free, you know. Yeah. You feel free, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm free and that that, that feels great to say. I'm, I'm free in more than one one sense. Yeah, you're 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 free, and you uh, you you put all this stuff behind you, and you only want to move forward. Absolutely, absolutely. If we're not moving oh, yeah. forward, if we're not moving forward. We're getting stuck in the same place. Yes, yes. Well, um, I would love to be on your podcast as well because we have stories to share, and uh, I want to invite you to uh, Palooza which is a great event for podcasters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to have you on my show and I'd love to come to Potapalooza. Oh, yes. And uh, um, oh, yeah. so Tyler, do you have any questions for our guests? Um, let's see. So is your podcast like, is it a business for you? Um, kind of, kind of. Uh, I do it more to- more for fun. Uh, I do it for the stories, for the for the uh, the experience, uh, but I want I want at at some point I want to monetize it because time is money. Yeah, you know? uh, that's, well, that's true. Yeah, what, uh, that's what we want to do. I, I we want to make money doing it. One yeah, day. yeah. I uh, you know I I love hearing the human experience and 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 I love hearing the triumph story, but also understand that you know uh <laughs> podcasting for free is not going to pay the bills no <laughs> nope it's not <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i'll even speaking of that i put my information in the chat so please feel free to exchange contacts 
Sounds good. Sounds there good. There you I, go. I have yeah. it pulled up. Yeah. And so um, so if nothing else, how about let's do a customary ending, Tyler, shall we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Borrows in your court. Go ahead. Okay. So what do you say to those who feel they have no hope? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, say there's always hope. There you go. What advice would you give? What advice would I give? If you don't uh, know where to turn. Uh, I would just, I would tell them that, uh, that advice is free. You got to put in the work. Yeah. Put in, yeah. Everything takes there work. There you go. Well, Sean, thanks so much for being on my, on help without sight, sharing your light and how you've overcome challenges. Everybody give it up for Sean Young. Stay blessed. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Help Without Sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.